0: Y and Billy Penn, this is your Friday edition of Hittin' Season, a Philadelphia Phillies podcast. My name is Justin Clue. I write for Baseball Prospectus, and Billy Penn, and with me is Liz Rocher of Yahoo Sports. Hello, Liz.
1: Hello, Justin.
0: I almost said baseball reference, that's why I paused there. I've just been doing a lot of research lately, and I almost said I write for Baseball Reference, but I don't, <laughs> I, I do not do that. That is... Uh, that would be a tough job for me. A lot of numbers. That's
1: numbers, yeah. That's just numbers, really.
0: <laughs> yeah, but we just wanted to make sure we got an episode in today, update you on some happenings across the league, uh, ma- mainly just the one big happening that uh, has, has apparently been wrapped up before the holidays. And then just we wanted to make sure we thanked everybody, all our listeners, for another year of your awesome support here at Hidden Season, uh, as well as our other shows available on the Hit and Season Patreon Uh, And also to uh, appreciate you for voting for us uh, for the Sports Podcast Awards. This podcast has been nominated as a finalist for Best Baseball Podcast, which I think we all agree is true. Uh, But so that we can say that we weren't just nominees, we would appreciate it if you went to the Sports Podcast Group's website. The link is in the tweet at the top of my Twitter profile at Justin underscore Clue. And you can vote for us there. Um, We would appreciate your support just as we always do. Thank you so much. Uh, That being said, we will get to some league news here. Yamamoto, the Japanese pitcher who has been the uh, most sought-after free agent after the Shohei Otani uh, negotiations were finalized. That deal has also been wrapped up. That deal is also with the Dodgers and also massive, Liz. (laughs) Yoshinobu Yamamoto signed a 12-year, $325 million contract with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Liz, first thoughts about this deal finally happening.
1: Um, well, about five minutes after I, uh, my husband read me a tweet that says, Phillies are a dark horse. It <laughs> was uh, Yamamoto has signed with the Dodgers. Uh, I had been debating, and I might do this in the, um, during the baseball season, uh, Dodgers Evil Empire watch. <laughs> and the only way I would do that, I said, was if they traded for Glasnow and this was after they signed Otani, if they traded for Glass now and signed Yamamoto.
0: I think they're firmly in that territory.
1: Yes. My only argument was you have to win something first. Yes. Uh, and they have most notably not. Uh, so I'm excited to see how they're going to win or not win. <laughs> Sounds like <laughs> <With> you, the... <laughs> you do
0: not count the 2020 World Series title, which I think is, you know, I think is fair. I think if, if the Dodgers are like, no, no, we're like the team of this era or whatever, I think, you know, it's worth pointing out. Yes, you did win the World Series, but it was in the abbreviated season. It, it was a different kind yeah. of season. It totally It's was. not
1: like I don't count that, but they didn't have, you know, three of the main players they have now, and they were still trotting out. Clayton Kershaw really as their ace, and that's just not a thing they could do anymore. Yeah. So it's this iteration of the team. It's Evil Empire Watch. It's can they win 125 games somehow?
0: And in, re- in regards to the Phillies, they were never really considered a huge uh, factor in these negotiations. Yes, they talked to Yamamoto. Yes, they met with him. Yes, apparently Bryce Harper FaceTimed with him. Um, they apparently also never knew exactly how he felt about them, which was repeated on and on throughout this process. I was kind of entertained by the fact that like it was announced they were going to meet with him, and then they met with him. And then after they met with him, everyone was like, they met with him. So this story is different now. But then you, if you, if you even if you just went and listened to like what Ken Rosenthal said after that, what, what uh, uh, Jeff Passan said after that, it was all just like, Rosenthal was like, yeah, I mean, they're in the mix. But I still don't think he's going there. Like, I don't think their odds changed. I think the media just kind of framed it in uh, headline form. Uh, that like, oh, yeah, the Phillies have a better shot now. They're they're in the mix now. Like, I don't know. Was them making an offer? Did that really move the needle for you as far as their odds of, of being the victor here?
1: I mean, I felt it was a good thing that they did, that they were, that it was being public, whether it was just smokescreened by someone else, who knows. But uh, I felt it was good that they were somewhere in the conversation, uh, at least to you know to show that they are a big market team and they can get these types of players. Uh they're just not I mean as much as I love John Middleton, he does not have an endless pot of money to draw from. He he literally he doesn't. And the Dodgers are just they're just filled with money. It's like one of those uh like in the 20s, one of those suits that you'd wear to lose weight that like blows up with air. All of that. It's just like the a giant Bob's Big Boy with one of those suits and it's just shoved with money.
0: I'm sorry, are we now defending owners based on the amount of money they have? Did you just excuse <laughs> John Middleton from spending because he doesn't have unlimited money?
1: No, what I'm saying is they've already spent a hundred some odd million on Aaron Nola. Mm, um, I suppose. They've, they've, spent, they've spent a bunch of money. They've got Schwarber, Castellanos, Trey Turner, Bryce Harper, and they're going to have Wheeler coming up. And so, you know, I they are not... The Dodgers and they don't play in a market as large as the, Do- the Dodgers. You know, I would have loved it. They got Yamamoto. And I think they were, if he had wanted to come here, they would have given him the money. But I think in the end, he did not want to come to Philadelphia because in uh, Los Angeles, they have Shohei Otani and having him make a personal appeal to, you know, to Yamamoto is probably a little bit more effective than Bryce Harper A guy who does not speak uh, Japanese.
0: Any team that is interested in a free agent that the Dodgers are also interested in is going to be fighting a pretty uphill battle in in the next few years. Because all that team needs to do is offer them all the money in the world and put Shohei Otani in front of them saying, hey, come play with me. And that's probably all it's going to take for a lot of guys and understandably so. However, this winter, we've also spent a little bit of time talking about how the Phillies have expanded into Japanese markets, uh, and they're kind of trying to re-stabilize that aspect of their organization so that they can take better advantage of talent pools that they were staying out of before, which I think is really good, but... You're going to run into this issue, I think, where where uh, players from Japan they typically gravitate towards West Coast teams for a variety of reasons: the geography, the the, the time. Like people in Japan can it, it's easier for them to watch their games on the West Coast. Uh, there are. It's
1: literally six hours shorter to get there, five hours because you don't have to take a separate flight from New York to California first.
0: Exactly, so you can understand the appeal there, Liz with the Phillies trying to like tout their new efforts in this area, how do they get around that challenge that they have to make Philadelphia an appealing place for these guys to come, which, which is not always, you know, the history has taught us that is not really the way they trend.
1: I think it'll just take time. um, Because the Dodgers, while attractive, won't be able to sign every Japanese free agent that's posted. They won't be able to, You know, not everyone, they they won't be able to sign all of them. And since the Mariners, which used to be an incredibly attractive destination for Japanese players, uh, since the Mariners have appeared to punt on uh, being a baseball team, we don't have to worry about them. So I think it'll just take time and the Dodgers actually bumping their head up against an actual limit of what they could spend or how much the owners are willing, the other owners are willing to let them spend.
0: I was kind of like, you know, I've been talking a lot about the Phillies efforts in these new international pools and, um, you know, talking about how that's might be more of the definitive, definitive factor of this off season. But once this signing came down and it was like yawn, the Dodgers, you know, pretty much as expected. Uh, they're really stacking up. I I feel like as far as the Phillies expanding goes, it isn't really. At the end of the day, it isn't going to be anything to the fans until it's until it's something. You know what I mean? Like until yeah. they land a big superstar or the big name everyone is pursuing out of NPB or KBO or whatever. Uh, until they land one of those guys all these are going to be are, are just efforts. And yeah. that's something that's, that's going to be a challenge coming down the pike that if this is truly an area where they want to expand, they have to make Philadelphia an appealing destination for uh, players who are have, have historically just gone elsewhere. Uh, and that's going to be a challenge. I, I look, I'm curious to see how they look to address that because this whole process, they've been in the mix. They're like one of seven teams that was consistently listed, but never really as a front runner. Uh, And they just kind of felt like they were there out of obligation almost. Because they're a big market team, because they're a good team, because they have superstar power, Like they felt like, well, we should be at this table, same as the Dodgers. But at the end of the day, they just didn't have anything as close to a shot as the Dodgers had. And nobody's willing to spend as much as, as the Dodgers, so that's obviously a factor. But also, this wasn't somebody... The Phillies, I think, felt like they desperately needed they 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 would have loved to have had at least one season with him, Nola and Wheeler together. But I I think we all know this would have impacted the future. I don't know. I I look forward to seeing how these situations go as the Phillies try to expand in 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 these areas because they have largely been absent from them. Uh, Go ahead.
1: No, no, I was just agreeing with you. Yeah, it'll be, I'll be eager to see when exactly they're going to break through. And a lot of that depends on the number and quality of players coming from Japan. Mm-hmm. And I think this is, this. I don't know if this offseason is historic, but there are a lot of Japanese and one Korean player that people were very excited about. And I know there is a fear that MLB is just going to drain, you know, the you know the uh, npb and kbo and i don't think i don't think that's going to happen but it will take like another offseason where there's five to six different you know players from you know japan or korea i think for the Phillies to be able to break in and it might not be like the top top tier guy but they have to they have to start somewhere if they want to build a relationship with a Japanese player a Japanese agent who is able to give advice to other Japanese players and agents about no Philadelphia is great he had you know we had a great experience there they paid him what he was worth they were incredibly accommodating You know, that's what the Phillies need. So I think it'll be a couple of years, but I I feel good that it will happen.
0: You just got to convince people six more hours on a plane. You know, this is a place that's worth that. (laughs) And that's that's a tough argument. As somebody who's recently been on planes and doesn't have a body that's really built to be on a plane, I can tell you that six more hours is quite the cost. So Philadelphia better look better start looking more appealing to these guys in the in the years ahead. Uh, we'll see what happens, though. For now, Yamamoto headed to the Dodgers on a 12-year, $325 million contract. Ken Rosenthal wrote, So much for the idea that Otani would not want to play with his Japanese countryman Yamamoto or vice versa. Was that a thing?
1: I don't think so. <laughs> I, 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 I was so doesn't... confused
0: by that sentence. <laughs> Why would yeah. he not want to play with him? I don't get it.
1: <laughs> I, I, no clue, really.
0: I mean, they used him to help court. Yamamoto so why would they wouldn't they understand that's part of playing together I don't know that was a strange sentence to me uh so obviously the Dodgers have like you mentioned they have stacked up a lot of talent they're clearly the off-season champions already I'm willing to call it they signed the two biggest names out there they got Shohei Otani they got Yamamoto they got Tyler Glass now via trade they have more pitching they need to acquire you can be pretty sure they're going to acquire it. They already have Mookie Betts. They already have Freddie Freeman. I mean, this is a monster of a team. I'm not intimidated by them, and I don't mean them specifically. I mean, I'm just not intimidated by teams stacking up talent anymore. I think it's I think it's a great strategy. I think it's a great way to up your odds of doing what every team is trying to do. Uh, and I think it's great when teams spend the way the Dodgers are spending. I don't. I'm seeing a lot of takes this morning that say the Dodgers are ruining baseball. Uh, but let's start with let's start with the intimidation factor. Like I said, I'm not really I don't think about like oh they're they're going to be tough to beat. Sure, they will probably be tough to beat, but they'll deal with the same unpredictable X factors as any other team. They've had the best team very recently and been you know they've blown it just as easily as as they put their team together you only have to play them twice in a season and then maybe in the playoffs the way the schedules work now it's not like anybody has a huge advantage or disadvantage there it's not like any any team is playing them more you know because they're in the same division or anything so it doesn't really even hurt the NL West that bad and anything can happen when you get into the postseason as the dodgers just learned when they got swept by an 84 win team out of the playoffs eventual
1: world series winners oh no the uh the diamondbacks absolutely
0: not they were not the world series winners however uh yeah like that's why it just it doesn't it just doesn't concern me like are they going to be the best team ever i don't know maybe but the odds are so much better that they won't because baseball is full of x factors and honestly i feel like we've seen more evidence that teams that do this that stack up this talent get punished the hardest <laughs> for whatever reason they we just know it just doesn't happen. And you know, the Phillies are still a good team, still a playoff team. Yeah. You know, they could, they could win 90 games and that's all they'll need to win. They don't have to, we're not, we're in an era right now where the Phillies don't have to be the best. They, I always want them to be, obviously. And if the Phillies had been like, you know what? We're going to sign Otani and we're going to sign Yam- Yamamoto. I would have been like, this is great news. I'm not rooting for them to like stay an 87-win team and always just use a wild card spot. But it just kind of seems like, based on what other teams are willing to spend and who they're going after, that that's kind of the role the Phillies are going to have to play. Uh, barring their them getting their hair absolutely on fire and going on a crazy tear at some point. But the last two seasons have proven they can be a playoff team without being number one in the NL East all season long or anything. So again, I guess I'm just not I'm 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 not intimidated by a Dodgers team as great and possibly as the best ever as they might be, I'm not like, oh no, now you gotta play them. The road through the NLCS is always through the NL playoffs has always gone through Los Angeles the past decade like that's just they are always there that hasn't really changed other than they now have you know some of the best players on the planet but they had those before too so I don't know are you are you more scared of the Dodgers now
1: no I mean it playing them uh twice a year won't be fun but it'll be exciting to see who hopefully the Phillies will have to face in the playoffs but as you just mentioned, we know that when you stack up a lot of good players like the four aces and Joe Blanton, um, that it doesn't always work out. And when it doesn't work out, it hurts so much more. And the Dodgers have experienced that pretty much every year since they won the World Series, and they haven't been able to uh, get it back. And so they're they're in you know they're in stock up mode, but it still doesn't mean. That all of their bats won't go cold in October
0: Yep Uh huh so uh, that, that aspect doesn't really concern me too much. And I do. I, st- I maintain that I think it's a good thing that a team is willing to spend like this because this is like how we used to approach it. Like, wow, man, imagine if there was a team that was legitimately running itself like you were playing MLB The Show and just doing whatever. And that really feels like that's what the Dodgers are doing. I liked when the Padres were doing it, even though it didn't work out. I liked when they were just accruing all this talent and being like, yeah, we want to be the best, so we're bringing in all these awesome players. What? What's the problem? So what I've seen a lot today is is Pirates fans, for some reason, who are, like, the loudest about this. Not all of them, obviously. There are plenty of Pirates fans who perfectly understand the situation in Pittsburgh and how, how dire and dumb it is. Uh, but, like, I feel like I'm seeing a lot of representatives of Pittsburgh baseball who are believing themselves to be this poor little small market team who think the Pirates were... I don't know, waiting outside the office where the Dodgers were negotiating with Yamamoto with like a nice little gift basket full of Pittsburgh treats that they spent all night putting together. And then the Dodgers came out and were like, yeah, no, we got him like, cool. This is a stud pitcher that a bunch of teams were trying to sign. Bring money unless, oh, unless you're claiming you don't have any and you can't spend. Then you're using <laughs> that small marketness as some kind of defense to not spend money and make your team better. That that bringing back 37 year old Andrew McCutcheon, is that's about enough for one off season. We can probably take the rest of the winter off. That, oh, geez, the deck is stacked against us, so we might as well not even try. I mean, if you want a superstar free agent, get in there and spend on one. You can say you don't have the money all you want, billionaire news magnate Bob Nutting, but we Bob all Nutting, know you.
1: Who has been who's been. Uh, he's just an awful man. He's the nuttings are terrible, terrible,
0: terrible. terrible. Uh, And we all know you have it. You, You have the money. So spend it or get out of the way. It's not 1998 anymore. The biggest crimes in baseball aren't PEDs and spending a lot in free agency. They're criticizing players' union or beating the Braves in the postseason. But the amount of money flying around to secure the services of the best players on the planet is obscene, bordering on sinful, like somehow we're all going to pay for these levels of lavish wealth. But the Dodgers want to be the best, and they're doing everything they're prepared to do to be the best. That's not a realistic option for your franchise get ready to not be the best until yep. baseball starts being played and then like I said anything happens but yeah that that just drives me nuts like oh well this is breaking baseball i don't know what to tell you man you got your team's got an owner and he's got money and he knows how to spend it and get players and he's just choosing not to because he's cheap <laughs> i don't i don't I, it's it's a pretty it's pretty simple i, I don't know
1: That's the thing. Like Pittsburgh is not like the hugest city, and it is a smaller market. But that doesn't mean you can't compete. Doesn't mean you can't spend money. Spending that little money is a choice. If you are anyone who spends like under one hundred and fifty million on their roster, it is a choice that they're making. You know that it's they're decide like what is. (laughs) I think Bob Nutting owns what the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. Yeah. Yeah, uh, their actual writers, part of the News Guild, I believe, have been on strike for over a year, if not longer. And uh, I'm just wondering where where that money is. You know, if you're saving it all by not paying writers on strike and hiring scabs that are now just full-time employees who are presumably making less than the striking workers, then use that money. Like, I think some of this... You always have to take a look at the media in the area. And because those are the only people that are actually capable of being the voice for the fans and holding their feet to the And holding the owner's feet to the fire. Like, even if, you know, they're not like John Angelos and, you know, coming out and waving, you know, fans of money and being like, look at my books and then disappearing. Uh, you have a, a, a pulpit. You have a, you have. A, An audience, you know, like I feel like Ray's writers like I like Mark Topkin. He's good reporting on business, but I think there's just so much permissiveness in how they report. And I guess some of that's about access. But. Oh, I'm sorry. My husband just told me the Block family owns the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, not the Nuttings, but all the things I said still stand. They're rich and not (laughs) spending any money.
0: John Angelos is a special case because (laughs) he's one of the ones that like he likes he thinks he can talk his way out of all this. Like he he thinks he can he, he thinks he's like smarter than everyone and yeah, he's some of these owners are just like I'm rich and don't care about baseball and I will never leave my castle. But he's one of the ones that's like, yeah, no, I'm like involved and I'm smart and innovative and like I'm like this cool billionaire and you know, don't talk to me if you're not from the Baltimore area or Maryland and I'll definitely show you my books. Whoops. And yeah, he's he's always that just makes him a more entertaining billionaire to watch. Bob Nutting is just one of these, yeah, quietly useless owners who won't do anything and the team won't really get better. And yeah, you know, they locked up Brian Reynolds and, and their manager, I guess, last year, but like he's not gonna do anything where he spends lavishly and gives Pittsburgh 8 an awesome Pirates team. Like, that's just not gonna happen. And there yeah. are multiple teams for whom that is the case. And again, the Dodgers spending a record amount of money, you know what it was it? They didn't spend a billion dollars, but they're basically signed on to spend a billion dollars on all of the players they've acquired this offseason. Um that's that's they're making a choice to do that and to make their team incredible and to make them the most probably primetime team we're going to get this year, the the most popular and watched team this year the team that's going to sell the most jerseys this year. Like, they're, they're doing that. You're choosing not to, and I don't see how you make the Dodgers the bad guy in that situation. Like, get your team to start spending. I don't know. It's It sucks. Like, I sympathize. You're not really yeah. in a position to, like, make your team better as a fan, but you can't really cast the Dodgers as the villains in the story because they're doing what you want your team to do.
1: Exactly. Like, you like there's really nothing it's it's sad that there's really nothing fans can do and we went through a period of the Phillies sucking and making the wrong moves and it was unpleasant and it felt like there was nothing we could do what we did was people stopped going to the ballpark and it did not matter they had a plan and they were executing it and in as much as the pirates have a plan to never spend any money um, that's the plan that they're executing and not going to the ballpark, which people have not been doing. They, they haven't been going to the, that gorgeous ballpark, which I don't blame them. There's nothing to watch. You know, like that's the only thing they can really do and any advocates they might have on, you know, in the media. Uh, I mean, the media landscape in Pittsburgh is really weird and bad. So It's pretty, it's
0: pretty brutal, yeah.
1: Yeah, so it's hard, but it you just sort of look at that team and you're like, why do you exist? And that's, and that's sad because they're like a, they're a legacy team. Uh, they have a lot of great history, like Roberto Clemente, like that's tremendous. And they trade on that so much. It's really the only thing they do.
0: Yep. And, uh, oh, don't forget the stadium. They have a, they have a beautiful stadium that they get to say they have. Um, yeah. Uh, I hope other teams start spending like the Dodgers and you know, Throw the Phillies in there. The Phillies have spent a lot over the past couple of years, and that's why they're a much more fun team to watch because they uh, put the money in to bring talent and now are a very good team. That's gone to the NLCS twice in a row. Uh, by the way, yes, to correct our previous statement, Bob Nutting is the president and CEO of Ogden Newspapers, which owns newspapers in, I think, 13 different states is the actual role he plays. Uh, so, you know, penniless. Yep, completely. Uh, Ken Rosenthal also wrote that with with Otani and Yamamoto both off the market, it's now Scott Boris season, as all the top free agents remaining and the trade targets are all his clients. Cody Bellinger, Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery, Matt Chapman, Dylan Cease, Corbin Burns. Get ready to hear a lot from Scott Boris, or just at least a lot about Scott Boris, uh, as the rest of the season takes shape. Liz, do you think we're going to have a very active holiday week where these teams are, are scrambling to get stuff together before the holiday? Or do you think, you know, it'll be pretty quiet and this will pick back up afterwards?
1: Uh, I think it's going to be quiet. You know, I think the Yamamoto signing is like one of the last big moves that needed to be make, made. Because uh, I don't see, like if Cody Bellinger hasn't signed by now, the 22nd of December, he's not signing before Christmas. You know, whatever other free agents are out there, I think he might be one of the last big ones like him, Josh Hader, and maybe Jordan Montgomery, if you can count him. But that's it. So.
0: What do you think the Phillies' biggest move left in the, the offseason will be? It can be as specific as you want or as broad as you want.
1: Uh, You mean their their last move, the – you know, their next move.
0: Among the moves they're going, you think they're going to make, what will be the highest profile thing they do? They'll
1: have to sign a closer of some kind. And yeah. if it's not signed, they'll have to trade for one. I don't yep. think they want to trade. I think they want to sign someone.
0: Yeah, I think they're going to sign Emmanuel Klasse. I think I also can see it where Dombrowski gets a little squirrely and tries to swing a deal for Devin Williams uh, because he's like an established presence and... Dombrowski loves to trade for established players so I think you know something like that is also on the table but again I feel like tempered expectations are really the only the only way to approach this the Phillies have given every indication this is just going to be a quieter winter as they take care of some business that they they need to take care of and then come back in the spring with the same team that's gone to the NLCS twice so You know, I'm not I don't want to make it sound like, oh, the Phillies don't have anything left to do or even like the decisions they make moving forward are all um, going to be perfect. But I think at the end of the day, this is a team that has defined itself by being able to get into the playoffs. And and there's no reason to think they won't do that again in 2024. I always want to see them make themselves better. I always want to see them try to sign a big name free agent, even if it doesn't really, you know, make sense as far as their needs at the, at this point. Like I always want to see them in the mix. That's something you want your team to be doing. But uh, I also just will not be surprised or enraged if we enter spring without like any of the big sexy names people uh, are, are hoping the Phillies make a move on. But you know, I don't think, I don't think we've gotten any indications that that's something they're going to do. So that's, that's essentially, I feel like it'll be a quiet holiday for the Phillies and that's, that's okay.
1: Yeah, that's fine. I know people are frustrated and upset. Like there hasn't been a big, big move, and they made their big, you know, whatever big move they were going to make. It was signing. It was re-signing Aaron Nola, and people are like, "That's not good enough." Where's our surprise? You know, like give me our, give me like a, a, we want like a chorus of noisemakers. We burned a tree. Exactly. Unfortunately. I think Dombrowski may have used up his current supply of surprises last year when he shocked all of us. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, and that's okay. Like, people think that that's what it takes. Like, No, what it takes is Harper being around the whole year and not having Tommy John surgery. You know, Trey Turner coming in and being, you know, healthy and of sound mind. Nick Castellanos perhaps changing a huge part of his personality and psychological makeup. Like, these are the things that we need.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, something the Phillies felt like they needed was signing a pitcher named Robinson Pena today. A minor league transaction went down, so if anybody's itching for the Phillies to do something, great news. They signed former Angels farmhand Robinson Pena. He is 25 years old. He is right-handed. He uh, was a guy who used a, st- a change up a lot primarily, but that re- wasn't really working. And around 2020, the Angels had him start developing a split fingered fastball in the instructional league, according to Baseball America. Um, sorry, that was after the 2018 season. And that really changed things for him. That was a very effective pitch uh, that he now can throw. He was throwing at 87 miles an hour. Uh, going into 2022, he was able to hit 91, 95. He has suffered from control issues in the past. Who hasn't? Uh, It just seems like a guy the Phillies brought in because they had some interest in him. Low level. uh, Played exclusively in the minors last year. Actually has never played uh, a major league game before. But he went from high A to triple A in the Angels system last season. Uh, Put up really good numbers at high A. Uh, passable numbers at double A and then got pretty blown up at triple A in the, uh, the four starts and seven appearances he had at Salt Lake in the Pacific Coast League. So that's somebody the Phillies have now brought aboard and thrown into their pitching mix. We shall see what happens. But hey, if you were arguing for the Phillies to do something, you can't argue anymore because they have. So consider yourself satisfied.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
0: Uh, well, in any case, Liz, uh, that's about all that's kind of going on right now. The Phillies are going to continue strategizing and thinking about the future and who's going to replace Craig Kimbrell and what level of bat they're going to they're gonna acquire for the bench and to play some left field. But until then, we just got the holidays in front of us. And uh, yeah, once again, just want to say happy holidays to all our listeners. Thank you for listening here in Hittin' Season. We, of course, appreciate you. We look forward to meeting more of you in the warmer months ahead as we uh, put together more tailgates through WHYY. And we want to thank uh, WHYY and Billy Penn for giving us this outlet and uh, being great people to work with over the past year as well. Liz, any final holiday thoughts for our listeners?
1: Um, Vote for us. Yes. And I... I- Wish I'd had some uh, prepared holiday thoughts other than enjoy being with your family and let us know what Phillies gifts you get this year. I'll put another call out for that on our next podcast sometime next week. But yes, put uh, let us know what cool Phillies gifts everyone gets. I always love seeing that.
0: Thanks for listening. And from WHYY and Billy Penn, I'm Justin Blue. I'm Liz Roscher. And this has been and Season.